Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Everything we've done since training camp is we want to earn the right to be a playoff team. Richard loves save! Mike Smith, a game saver! And he got run over by Zach Cassian. He like one of those top teams, and we're working our way to that level. Connor McDavid danced around Morgan Riley. Denied by Smith, who saves the game again. Josh Archibald wins the game! My message today is we're trying to win. What time score? We are dry side right no game. And now we're going to have a goal for action. This is NHL overtime. This is Ryan Nugent Hopkins. This is Alter Platt. This is Leon Dreisaitl. This is Connor from your Edmonton Oilers. This is oil country. And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. Now, Bob Stoffer on the official radio station of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Shed. With you, we open up with uh, Phil Collins' "Land of Confusion." Brendan, you chose the song. Just feeling it today, or what's going on? Yeah, I'm feeling it. I think that we do live currently in the land of confusion. It seemed apropos. Well, it's uh, it's amazing that a guy of your generation would open up with a Phil Collins song because at times he is a target of uh, 20 to 35 years uh, age of uh, people out there. He's a little bit right of center on political issues, not quite like James Woods, but. You know, nonetheless, a guy that's got some uh, center-right views on uh, society. By the way, just off the top of your head, Brendan, let's see what you got here. We'll fire it right up here on Oilers Now, brought to you by Digitex. Buy or lease your next net office network printer from the Digitex.ca e-commerce store. Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office IT and supplies. We had a lot to get to, a lot of guests. We're going to have a lot of fun on today's edition of Oilers Now. It's not going to be super, super serious, um, but... For our listeners right now, on the Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063, Ashley Fine Floors, ready for your kids' pregame warm-up. Speaking of James Woods and Phil Collins, can you name the mid-1980s song that featured uh, perhaps Phil Collins' uh, most prominent love ballad? So uh, a song in a movie that uh, James Woods was in, and it's got the same name as the song. Pretty easy question, actually, to open up with. This is Oilers Now.
And uh, we got, as I mentioned, a lot of guests coming up in today's edition of the show. We'll hear from Mike Harrington out of Buffalo on the ongoing situation with the Sabres. Uh, Terry and Kim Pagula uh, fired Jason Botterill after three uh, years, less than three weeks after Kim Pagula gave Jason Botterill a... Uh, vote of confidence. Uh, Botterill, by the way, spent some time here in Edmonton. His father, Cal, was a professor at the uh, university uh, back in the day, did some work with Claire Drake. Um, so they had Tim Murray for three years, fired him, and then uh, had uh, Jason Botterill for three years, fired him three weeks ago. They said they were going to keep him as GM. And uh, and then Jack Eichel made some comments. Uh, Ralph Kruger likely to gain some power as a result of this. Uh, Mike Harrington will give us his perspective. One of the things that I was stunned by was the fact that the Sabres, I mean, it was a bloodletting in their organization. Um, Ryan Jankowski, who came from Hockey Canada to be the director of their scouting, he got let go. Several of his top assistants in the scouting side got let go. Um, usually what happens in these situations is guys sign non-disclosures. And you want to tend, if you're going to fire somebody prominent, you, you want to make sure that an NDA is in place. Uh, but when you have that many guys being let go once, there's going to be no way to verify who's released your uh, list for the upcoming draft. And I am told that Buffalo had done a lot of work and was well prepared in that regard. Brian Lawton, former GM Tampa Bay Lightning, regular Wednesday contributor of voters now from the NHL Network. Uh, he will join us at 1235 today. Back uh, after a one-week hiatus from the cult of hockey, David Staples will be making an appearance, and we'll hear from our NHL insider, John Shannon, as well. Kevin Adams, by the way, is the new GM of the Buffalo Sabres. He has spent most of his time over the last eight years running their development program for sort of the Buffalo Junior Sabres type kids. It's a pretty interesting situation right there. So you can uh, reach us at any time, the River Cree Resort Casino uh, on the hotline at 7804960063. River Cree back up and Adam over 1,350 slot machines. Uh, the hockey rink is going. The restaurants are all happening. Actually, there are two rinks are going out of the River Cree. And I know I was out there on Saturday and they had uh, lots of people, lots of kids back in the ice getting significant ice time for all those um, I would suggest mostly spring and summer teams that people are involved with. Uh, remember the main casino floor at the River Cree is now 100% smoke free River Cree Resort Casino. Excitement better. We're on Twitter at Oilers Now. You can tweet me personally, Bob underscore Stoffer. Tweet Brendan at Brendan Escott. Um, very quickly, a uh, couple things just to think about here. With the change in Buffalo I know at one time we mentioned probably about three weeks ago, yes, the Pugliarvi, and again, we'll see what happens with Pugliarvi. Like, it's entirely possible that Marcus Leto uh, would sign Pugliarvi to a, a contract extension for a year in Finland with an out clause for him to return to North America. That is a viable option. But we mentioned Casey Middlestad as maybe one of four players that you might be able to, to get. I think we mentioned Tyson Jost. Uh, some people have mentioned Elias Anderson. I don't think the Oilers would be really interested in that. So, you know, uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll wait and see what ends up uh, happening. Another guy to keep an eye on this sort of uh, off-season coming up, whenever that's going to be, Darren Ferris represents Andreas Athanasiu, Josh Anderson, who we heard yesterday will not be back for Columbus in the playoffs. Oh, and he's got Taylor Hall, too. Very interesting guy moving forward. You know, Brendan, yesterday on the show, you, you uh, talked about the fact that the Oilers – acquired a pick that they used to, to get Brad Symes. Now, we'd run out of time at the end of the show. As many of the listeners know, we, and we discussed this back in the summer of 2014, um, 
Brad uh, Symes passed away suddenly uh, about six years ago now. And I remember he was involved in an infamous battle in the uh, Golden Bear Oilers rookie game with Hal Christensen. And Hal Christensen subsequently got an invite to Oilers camp the next year. But uh, it was a, a sort of a sad situation passing far too young Brad Symes back in 2014. We always try to be as fair as we can on this show. We try to, you know, uh, read the criticism. Uh, you know, there's a, some of you are far to the left, some of you are far to the right, many of you are libertarians. We're doing our part, but just the, the numbers here right now on COVID very quickly for about 35 seconds. Edmonton now up to 193 positive cases in the month of June. Now this, we should mention, is more than triple what we had in Edmonton in the month of May, but there's been 25,000 tests done in Edmonton in the first half of the month. Uh, testing's basically up double to two and a half times from May in the Edmonton market. The positivity rate is still less than 0.8% during this uh, month. Um, case in point, Vegas, I mean, we're at 193 in 16 days. And I can tell you uh, yesterday, the, my main man, Steve the Chisler, down in Vegas, told me they had over 300 positive tests in Vegas, who are one of the you know con, uh, teams sort of going up against Edmonton for potential pod birth. Uh, major concerns now in several Western United States uh, states regarding their handling of ICU. Currently, two people in ICU uh, at one time. The province had set aside 150 beds. So that's a bit of a run there. We'll get to the orders now. Audio Vault a little bit later. Uh, Brendan, let me know when the package has arrived. You're working on that right now? Okay. Uh, so uh, we're going to take a quick timeout. It's 12.15 in Edmonton. And when we come back, Mike Harrington from the Buffalo News. Hi, this is Zach Cassian from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. Mike Harrington, Buffalo News here. Um, the question is mostly for Kim. As John Morrow talked about, you certainly made a change here in these three weeks. Do you regret your statement? And secondly, and two other quick points, do you regret that answer? Secondly, why another first-time GM when that route has failed you twice? And lastly, ultimately, why should anyone have faith in you as the team president, given the way every virtual, every former employee, whether it's a coach, a GM, an executive, or another worker, points to your scattershot leadership as the number one problem in this organization? That is Mike Harrington from the uh, Buffalo News. He was bringing it. I uh, wrote an excellent piece that I took a look at last night. Read a, read a couple others, including John Vogel from The Athletic as well. We welcome back to the show. He's been on the show a bunch over the years. Uh, Mike uh, Harrington. Mike, how are you doing? Hi there, Bob. Just another another day in Savers Paradise. Yep. Uh, and you know what? Look, I work for the Oilers Entertainment Group, and we've had some tough miles here, too. But the one thing I will say, um, you know, Edmonton hired a, an experienced general manager in Ken Holland who understood Western Canada. And he won the fans over when he got well, – the, the change occurred when the Oilers moved Milan Lucic out. That's when I noticed the, the, the sentiment and goodwill towards Ken changed a lot. And obviously the Oilers had a pretty good year. I'm, I'm just saying that because – I don't want anybody thinking we're looking down in Buffalo because Oilers fans have gone through a lot and people would say Edmonton's made, you know, a lot of mistakes. But I got to tell you, some of the stuff that goes on there at times, 
is, I guess that's hockey, but you hit on it. So what's the mood like right now in that Buffalo market with, with the Pagula ownership group? Well, the, the mood is everyone's kind of baffled by a lot of things going on here, but with ownership in particular, I mean, they feel that Kim Pagula, the team president, has really been the driving force to run this franchise into the ground. You know, they just, they, there's a loss of faith there and a loss of trust, and you can't really believe anything she says. As we saw three weeks ago, she gave Jason Botterill a vote of confidence, and now he's gone. I mean, so it's it's hard for anyone to believe what's coming out of ownership right now. One thing that was, I can tell you, I talked to guys from four different teams last night, Mike, okay? Four different organizations. Mm-hmm. They all said the same thing. Why would they fire everybody all at once? Uh, do they not understand that now their information for the upcoming draft is going to be out there? If they if they right. just fire Botterill, he has to sign an NDA, and that's, you know, he, he's not going to say anything. But you fire Botterill, you fire Jankowski, you fire multiple scouts. These guys talk. You know what I'm saying? Well, and the thing is, too, is they did their press conference, and they fired Botterill and hired Kevin Adams, and that was the topic of discussion. There wasn't much knowledge to that point yet about who else was going, and a lot of the firings were made after the press conference. So we weren't even in knowledge that a lot of these other guys were losing their jobs the rest of the day. So that was a pretty cowardly thing to do also, but you're right. I think they looked at it, they have the time, the draft isn't until October, and they could potentially reformulate new plans. But you're right, everything that the Buffalo Sabres have done to this point can be out there now with guys going to other places, other jobs. I mean, I've never really seen a team take the complete axe to the entire organization like that at the same time. Our fans have a lot of time for Ralph Kruger. They kind of think he got a raw deal here, okay? Uh, Ralph's a good person. He's a good guy. Not everybody loves the way he coaches. Some people think it's a little passive five-on-five. Others love his special teams. I tend to look on the more positive side of the ledger. Uh, He's been a president of a soccer club before. Is he the guy that benefits the most here with these changes? Yeah, I think Ralph Kruger gets a lot of power. He's going to have a first-time GM. He's going to have a lot of say in how this roster gets built, who stays and who goes. Um, You know, we don't know if Ralph can coach yet. We've seen different things that we like, different things that we don't like. It's still incomplete would be my grade. He, again, didn't get through a full season. And there was some stubbornness there that we saw that we didn't like, the you know, refusal to use Jeff Skinner with Jack Eichel, the refusal to change things on the penalty kill and the power play when things weren't working. So... Kruger has a lot to build on from this year, but he has a lot to show that he can improve also. And and I do think the Pagulas love him. I hope they love him because they think he can coach and not just because he can talk. And he's obviously a wonderful talker, like you know. But they had another one like that in the football world, and his name was Rex Ryan. So we know how that one turned out. I don't think Ralph is in that kind of phony personality by any stretch, but he's got to prove he can coach and not just talk. Educator listeners here. Who runs? Who oversees football and who oversees hockey between the Pagulas? Well, you know, that's an interesting uh, question because one of the problems here, people think, is that since they bought the Bills, they've become far less interested in hockey. Um, I think Terry has certainly morphed over to the Bills quite a bit. Terry loves watching film with the coaches. He loves being an NFL owner. And Kim Pagula has definitely 
been a much more active participant in the Sabres, all the way back to the, the, the dismissal of Pat LaFontaine six years ago. So right now, as much as Terry still loves hockey and wants to see them win, I sense that Terry's more involved with football and she's become more involved with the hockey end. Okay. Um, Jack Eichel. Does this happen if Jack Eichel publicly doesn't question some of the moves that management has made three weeks ago? Um, it might have anyway. I, I think there was such a backlash when she said that Jason Botterill was staying. That I think they were taken aback by that. Um, I think the one thing Eichel said when he said publicly that he was frustrated and fed up, that wasn't new to them. He had already said that to them. He had already said that to Botterill. He had already said that to the coaches. That wasn't a big surprise. That became a big news story because he said it on the Zoom call with reporters. Um, you know, but yeah, the star player tends to have, you know, some credence. And I do think this Eichel is heavily in Kruger's camp. The players are heavily behind Kruger. I think over time the support eroded for Botterill and that certainly could have been a factor. From the Buffalo News, Mike Harrington, Bob Stoffer with you in orders now. Mike, are the Pagulas having any financial difficulties? They own an NFL team and they own an NHL team. They got a lot of staff and we're not sure about fans. And, you know, I mean, for a lot of NHL organizations, uh, people in the building represent roughly 70 to 75% of the, uh, you know, the money that comes in in terms of how it relates to sponsorship and booze and food and obviously ticket prices, all those sort of things. We're talking multi-million dollar losses, Bob, in hockey. You know, and they don't know if there's going to be fans of football games. They don't know if there's going to be fans of hockey games. They have two restaurants right within walking distance the arena that are both closed and have yet to reopen. They have a hotel connected to their practice facility next to the arena with very limited occupancy right now. The oil business is their main business. That's not doing well. So, yeah, they're having a lot of cash flow problems. And that's been the rumor. And yesterday's activity certainly shows that, not only the firings, but just the way they kept talking about getting leaner, economic, and efficient. Contrast that to nine years ago when Terry Pugula's famous quote was, there will be no financial restrictions in the Buffalo Sabres hockey department. doesn't seem like it's that way now. Mike, in Edmonton, uh, and again, it wasn't the most warmly received when Ken Holland was hired. Obviously, the majority of our listeners uh, that were against that decision at that time, many of them would admit Holland's done a pretty good job. But one of the things Holland did is he had an experienced head coach come in, and Dave Tippett, who, as you know, he's probably going to be up for Coach of the Year this year. Um, experience important. You mentioned Kruger. You, you, his, you know, he hasn't technically he hasn't coached uh, a, a full NHL season yet. He hasn't had a year where he's had a full year and 48 game schedule in 12 13 this year uh, shortened. And then Kevin Adams, who's a first time GM. Uh, what can you tell us about Kevin Av- Kevin Adams? What's his background in the Sabres organization? How engrossed was he in, on the amateur side, on the pro side, and? Uh, is there some people questioning that decision to promote him? Oh, I am. A lot of people are. I don't think he's qualified to be the GM right now. Um, he's First of all, keep in mind, he's from Buffalo. 
so there is some he grew up with the Sabres he's from Buffalo people know that people know him he won a Stanley Cup as a player in Carolina in 06 he's been here for nine years he was an assistant coach for a couple years then he became the director of their youth hockey academy at their 200 million dollar practice facility he did that for several years did that very well they moved him over to the vice president of business for the team the last couple years and the things that Pagula said yesterday was he handled every job very well well that's fine but people move up through the ranks in hockey operations to learn how to be a GM. Look at Chris Drury, the former Sabres captain, working his way up with the Rangers right now. They have just installed Kevin Adams as the GM, it's seemingly because he was in the next office and they trusted him and knew him. And that's not how you install a GM. They did. They admitted yesterday they did no search for a new GM when they fired Jason Bottle. It was one of the more baffling things I've ever heard of. And Kevin Adams is going to have to answer these questions through his actions going forward. Is he really going to be capable of being a GM, or is he just there as a yes-man for ownership? Uh, would they trade middle stat for yes pull your Final question. You know, would they trade anybody... To me, the answer is yes, except for Eichel or Dowling. Got it. So, yeah, they could absolutely do that. They need help down the middle. Middle stats a question mark still. Is it going to be a prospect? They're not trading Eichel. They're not trading Dowling. Anything else in Buffalo is on the table. Mike, as always, uh, we appreciate your perspective and uh, your brutal honesty at times. Thank you. All right, Bob. Be good. Thanks very much. Yeah, uh, see you down the road, and I won't be missing you at the Combine this year because we're not doing it. It's uh, 1229 at Edmonton. Uh, We're going to head off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Not before I tell you, I asked uh, people to text what was the name of the movie uh, that James Wood starred in that featured uh, uh, a fantastic song by Phil Collins. And, of course, the answer was against all odds. Off to Eileen, back with Brian Lawton from the NHL Network. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.